All right, guys, welcome into Dog Sports Live. This is the Kentucky Georgia film preview edition. Um, I am Joshless tonight, which means uh, this could be a very janky uh, duct tape and wire type of broadcast. So please bear with me. Uh, we'll do the best that we can here. Um, but yeah, I. Uh, do have plays for you guys. I do have Josh's advanced stats. So hopefully um, we'll have some fun and this should be a good time. Um, one second. Let's see if this is actually working. Oh, it is. Okay, perfect. So I am Graham Coffee. You know me on Twitter as Dog Out West. Um, we can get straight into what we got going on here. So Josh did leave some charts for us. We were going to try and record earlier today, had some, some work logistics issues. So um, anyways, looking at advanced stats here, um, you've got Kentucky giving up 4.6 yards per play on defense, Georgia gaining six and a half yards per play on offense, UGA close to 50% success rate, which is kind of Josh's benchmark for uh, happiness. The EPA there, um, Georgia, you know, Kentucky's a good defense. I don't think they're quite as good as they've been in past years. And then looking at the Kentucky offense, 6.6 uh, .6 yards per play. So actually 0.1 yards per play more than Georgia. A um, little bit less competition so far, but a good, a good defense either way. Um, and then, you know, they're getting 50.7% success rate on offense. Georgia only giving up 28.6%, still giving up a negative EPA. So, um, just, you know, Georgia remains dominant on defense. Uh, looking at Kentucky's game so far this year, you can see, you know, yards per play really high against Louisiana Monroe, Missouri, 5.9 against Chattanooga, 5.0 against South Carolina, 6.0 against Florida. Um, the success rates are pretty good. And then that LSU game last week, 7.6. So they've kind of struggled against Power 5 competition, um, you know, sort of in that middle stretch with South Carolina and Florida, but have sort of bookended that with some big games against Missouri and LSU. That uh, Chattanooga game, if you're someone that's kind of trying to figure out what the Kentucky story is, definitely something to be concerned about, right? So um, moving along a little bit, and we'll get into some plays. So looking, Josh has some, some PFF grades for us here. Um, you know, these guys are, are pretty good. I mean, look at the, the pass, the pass block grade for Fortner, the center. Darian Kennard tackle, I've got tape for him uh, to show you guys, but I think he's probably the best offensive lineman Georgia has faced so far this year. Eli Cox, the guard, also very good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the the it seems like they've got some guys that are really good in pass blocking and some guys that are really good in run blocking. Um, the only one that's really, really good at both is Kennard. So I do think there are some matchups there that Georgia can take advantage of. And then just looking at their offense, um, it's, it's very, you know, very, very much heavy on the, on the rushing side in terms of where their EPA comes from, but their passing game is starting to kind of come around, but 60% of their total EPA is coming from running plays. Uh, as you guys know, if you've been following for this while, EPA is just ex expected points added. So it's a it's a measure of 
where the type of plays that put you into scoring territory that create touchdowns that create expected points that move you inside the opponent's 35 or 40 kind of happen. Uh, more of those happen on, on the ground than through the air for Kentucky. Uh, this is a stat that I pulled yesterday. So Georgia's defense has faced 186 dropbacks by a quarterback this season. They're getting pressure on 58.6% of quarterback dropbacks so far. Um, Will Levis, like most quarterbacks, isn't good when pressured. Um, he's been pressured 45 times. He's 12 of 29 passing, 41.4% completion, just 121 yards and one interception, 39.6 quarterback rating. He has been sacked 10 times. Kentucky also leads the SEC in turnovers. So um, one thing to look at in this game that I think is, you know, 39.2% of Levis's dropbacks have come off of play action and about 54% of their passing yardage has come off play action. So they like to run play action and they like to go deep. Um, you know, basically that's counting for over half of his passing yards while only accounting for 39% of his completion. So a little bit of incongruency there. He's, he's much more comfortable off play action than he is drop back. So let's get into some plays on offense. Um, Kentucky's trying to run something similar kind of to the old St. Louis Rams, right? So they're, you know, pounded over and over, lull the defense into the box before running plays or with running plays and then play action bombs over the top. One thing I've noticed with Levis, like you see on that throw there, uh, he's going to chuck the ball deep when, when Kentucky calls those play action shots. Even if the receiver isn't open, even if the receiver is in double coverage, if they call it, he's going to put it out there. I think Georgia can take advantage of that in the secondary. Um, when this run game gets going, this play action obviously works much better. Here you see a LSU's linebacker get caught coming downhill on the fake toss. Tight end slips behind him. You know, easy, easy play there. Um, he's also good with underneath routes, right? So if you play them in a soft zone, he is, you know, he's going to take advantage of it. They rely on a lot of that underneath stuff to kind of be the, the building blocks and move this offense. It's a lot of short routes and screens and swings. Reminds me a lot of Arkansas in some ways. Big, long, explosive pass plays over the top. Um, and then kind of just short five, eight-yard swing passes to these running backs, so on and so forth. Um, he does have a – he's got a strong arm. He can make these throws to the sidelines. That's a rocket right there. Uh, but if it's a complicated pattern, he doesn't like to throw across the field if the defense is confusing to him. Um, played his guest best game to this point of the season on Saturday against LSU. I attribute a lot of that to horrendous linebacker play by LSU. Uh, but he made some nice intermediate throws that we hadn't really seen from him to this point in the season much. As you kind of saw there before the snap, this is a, a check to the sidelines type of offense. Um, I'm sure Georgia on defense will – kind of try and use that to their advantage and do some things with substitutions to confuse them. And then the other part of Levis's game uh, that's really kind of flourished lately is he's, he's getting out and running and, you know, Will Levis should never carry an SEC linebacker for four yards. Uh, you know, he likes to run if he doesn't see that first read open. If he does this against Georgia, they might kill him. Um, like I, you know, I would worry for his safety a little bit uh, if he wants to go into the second level with the linebackers or try and bounce off of Trevon Walker or try and, you know, 
take on Lewisine one-on-one. He's more than welcome to. It's his right as a football player and a human being. But I think that he might not make it through this game if he's going to, you know, run the ball. I think he had 11 carries for 75 yards against LSU. Uh, I don't know that Kentucky can can really run him 11 times against this Georgia defense and keep him 100% healthy. So, yeah. Um, still, though, you know, I think Georgia needs to show some of the discipline that they've been showing on zone reads for the last few weeks. They've they've been kind of prepared for mobile quarterbacks three weeks in a row, right? They've had uh, uh, Bo Nix, they've had Jefferson with Arkansas, and then Vanderbilt, you know, subbed in their backup who – may have been faster than any of those guys in terms of straight line speed. Um, Levis is a running threat, but after playing against Bo Nix, let's be honest, guys, like this isn't going to be, you know, challenging to this Georgia defense to to face Levis, right? So, um, yeah, like a lot of the, uh, you know, running backs, that, or I'm sorry, a lot of the quarterbacks Georgia has faced recently, Kentucky likes to roll Levis out. Uh, you can see here, Sometimes he'll make a bad decision here and get kind of panicked. Um, he's outside the tackle box. He can throw the ball away if he wants to. You know, as long as it goes past the line of scrimmage, he's not going to get intentional grounding. But he'll sort of force some of those. And that's the question with him, right? Like, he doesn't see the field super well, and he can have some questionable, questionable decision-making. He's got a big arm. He's a great athlete. He's a big kid. He's 6'3", you know. 225, 235 in that kind of range. But I just don't know that, you know, he's the guy that is really going to be able to, even if he has time to throw, he's not the type of quarterback that's going to sit back there and go through his reads, you know, and get to that third or fourth progression. That's just not who he is at this point in his career. Um, he did look his best so far against LSU, as I mentioned before, but, uh, you know, that LSU defense and that LSU team, it's kind of questionable how engaged they are and what level of competition they're providing. So um, a big part of this Kentucky offense is screens. Um, Wandale Robinson is the guy, right? He's shifty. He's quick. He's electric. He's an Isaiah McKenzie, Mecole Hardman type. Uh, lots of wiggle, hard to tackle. You do not want to let him get into the open field. Uh, he burned Florida for a 42-yard touchdown on the second possession of that game. You see Kennard there, the left tack or the right tackle that we were talking about, the O lineman. He's the one that gets out and and springs that block. Um, let me see if we can go back there. Yeah, so that's him right there, number 70. I don't know if you guys can see my mouse or not, but um, yeah, if you can. You know what I'm talking about. So he's the one that kind of opens that up. That's something to look for, especially depending on uh, where Kentucky is on the hash marks, if they're kind of set over a little bit towards the right side or not fully over off to the left, and they kind of have some of these tight bunch formations like you see there. Um, you might see Kennard come out and try and try and bust something open. So, um, yeah, I think Kennard is the best player on Kentucky's entire team. As I said before, he'll be a high-round NFL draft pick next spring. He's number 70. Uh, this player right here coming up that we're going to see – oh, here you get a better angle of Kennard. 70 matched up on 11 for Florida there. Comes out, kind of opens that up. Um, so he has that ability to, to get to the second level, and Kentucky likes to get their O-line into the second level a lot. Um, a lot of the stuff they do is a lot of the stuff that, that Georgia has been trying to do more and more under Todd Monken and Matt Luke. Um, yeah, here you're going to see him 
Um, oh, you've you've got a legit tailback tandem, right? And Cavassier, or I'm sorry, this is more Robinson. So he can be stopped, right? If you get your hands on him before he gets ahead of steam going, you can stop him. Um, here we're gonna see. Uh, you're gonna get Kennard, the right tackle there at the top of your screen. He's just gonna stone Jeremiah Moon in the hole, or no, that isn't Moon, but. Uh, Zach Carter, number six for for Florida. You see there, he does a really nice job opening that up. Just kind of turns him in the hole there. So good, good defender. Um, definitely, you know, one to watch out for. This running back tandem, you got to watch out for for Kentucky. Uh, it's Chris Rodriguez and Cavassier Smoke. They are very, very good. Uh, Rodriguez runs physically. He bounces off tacklers in an impressive manner. He also catches the ball well. He'll play the ball for a long time, more than likely. Um, UK's offensive line does a really good job of getting to the second level. You're going to see this here. The center, number 79, Luke Fortner. He got to Florida's linebackers a lot and opened up holes. You see him come up here, get on number 11, the linebacker. Doesn't quite finish the block, but it's enough for a guy like Rodriguez. You're not going to arm tackle him, and he's able to get up for a first down and create a nice productive run. Um, here you see the Florida edge defender, number seven, right here. He's just going to try and dip inside on Kennard, and he's basically going to just take himself out of the play, right? So um, that's one of the things you can't do. It's one thing that we talked about before the Georgia-Arkansas game because they run a lot of zone reads as well. Georgia's defensive ends and outside linebackers need to be disciplined Sorry, my dogs are barking in the background. Uh, maybe an omen for, in Georgia's favor for Saturday. Um, but, yeah, you cannot get – you can't jump inside of the snap. You've got to wait and see what's going on with this Kentucky offense. If you do, especially matched up against Kennard at that right tackle position, he's just going to be happy to let you use your own momentum to, to, to take yourself out of the play. Uh, and that's what, that's what happens with moon here. Number seven, um, you play this clip and he's already, he's already done, you know, easy touchdown for Kentucky right there. So um, yeah, smoke or Kvassier smoke. He's kind of the other part of this two headed running back tandem. He's kind of the, it's not a classic thunder lightning tailback situation. Uh, Cavassier smokes a plenty physical runner in his own right. Very good back. Um, and, you know, I think if he gets space to get ahead of steam, he may be even a little bit better than Rodriguez in the open field. He has a little bit more wiggle to him. Um, but you can see there he's definitely not afraid of contact. There you see Fortner, the center, again, doing a good job. You see big 65 there out in front trying to pave the way, um, the right guard. So, and then you've got more Rodriguez here. And, I mean, against LSU, this line just got, a, you know, they got into it, and LSU's defensive line got abused. And a lot of this kind of down blocks, a lot of, you know, kind of shifting shifting this defensive line wherever they wanted to. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this will be a challenge for Georgia. Uh, this is not, you know – that you, this can be stopped, though, right? Uh, good linebackers who fill gaps, they're going to come in handy against this Kentucky defense, um, you know, especially with what Kentucky likes to do on the second level. Uh, you know, if you can kind of sort of – if you're a linebacker and you can kind of ride your defensive lineman's backside and 
kind of hide in a sense and then scrape and fill, you're going to, you're going to have success against Kentucky. Georgia's linebackers are very good at it. Um, I've got some tape to show you of, of them doing that last weekend. So this isn't something you should be afraid of if you're a Georgia fan, but they are very good up front. Um, and then, you know, Kennard, he's not perfect either. That there, you know, you see him bust an assignment. Uh, big, big tackle for loss for Kentucky there. So definitely power running attack, play action down the field. Wandale Robinson is the, the skill guy you really got to be worried about. A lot of these receivers are not super dynamic. They're, they're certainly serviceable. If you leave them open, they're going to make a catch. But uh, Robinson's really the only one that scares you deep that scares you after the catch. Um, it's a lot like the Traylon Burks, Arkansas situation where you've got a guy in Burks that can really burn you if you're not careful. And then the rest of the, the offense is, is good to serviceable at, at wide receiver and tight end, but no one that you really need to do anything different or make special plans for you can run your base stuff and you're going to have them taken care of as long as your assignment sound. So, um, Moving on to Kentucky's defense, uh, overall, they're allowing a uh, 44% success rate to supposing opposing offenses, which is just 11th in the SEC. Um, so their defensive, but the, the flip side is their defensive yards per play allowed is 4.6, which is second best in the SEC. So um, they're, they're last in the, uh, last in the SEC allowing 47% pass success rate. So uh, I think Georgia can take advantage of some matchups through the air, um, kind of going through their schedule, looking at the, these are the yards per play and success rate and EPA given up. Uh, you see, you know, LSU, they only scored 21 points last Saturday night, but they, they had eight point, they had 8.0 yards per play on Kentucky. Um, this game was never close, but, like LSU's offense moved the ball up and down the field. They just shot themselves in the foot in the red zone over and over when they got, you know, kind of around the 30 yard line. So they're not world beaters. And truthfully, I think the Auburn defense that Georgia saw last week um, is better. So looking at some PFF grades and, You've got the D-line here. Uh, Josh Pascal, the defensive end, you've probably heard his name before. He's a good player. He's got a couple sacks on the year. Um, you know, high high grade from PFF. You can see he plays a lot of snaps. Uh, low missed tackle percentage at 8.0%. It's kind of where you want to be for those guys. They do, you know, have a decent kind of rotation here of DNs and linebackers. Um, defensive line. You know, there's there's some guys. I mean, Trevin Wallace here, linebacker. He's only played 100 snaps, and he's got a 37 and a half percent missed tackle rate. Uh, the the one for Ribka that jumps out a little bit too. 27.3 percent missed tackle rate. Kentucky's down some starters on the defensive line, so some of these guys that you know maybe have only been playing in garbage time or have been playing you know in kind of situational spots where the staff feels like it's advantageous to have them on the field. And it's kind of a personnel matchup decision. Um, some of those guys may have to play some more significant snaps than they have been. And that definitely could come to Georgia's advantage. Uh, looking at the secondary, this is where I see 
a lot to be excited about if you're Georgia, right? So um, you've got some some pretty, you know, I mean, defensive backs and safeties and those kind of guys. Uh, generally, if they're lined up to make a tackle, they need to be making it because it's it's second and third level of the defense. Dort, Cedric Dort in particular, um, high missed tackle rate here. But, yeah, I mean, if you look at the targets, um, Valentine, low grade. He's been targeted a lot. Dort hasn't been targeted as much. But uh, so Jalen Geiger, Devontae Robinson, and Cedric Dort are all allowing 75% plus reception percentage when targeting, when targeted in coverage. So uh, that's not good. And then Dort, the QBR against him when opponents throw at him is 134. So there's some opportunity there for Georgia to, to do some things, right? Um, looking at the film, uh, UK's defense played a lot of zone against Florida. And early in the game, you see a pattern thrown here by Emory Jones that we already know Stetson is comfortable with. You, you've seen Georgia do this in their offense before, but uh, lots of zone by Kentucky. Uh, and and there's, there's holes in the middle of this zone quite often. They will play man-to-man -man on the outside. Um, the middle field gets op left open a lot in this defense. Feels like Brock and – uh, Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington could kind of feast in these situations. Uh, LSU was able to open up some space on these RPO type actions. Uh, Max Johnson, the boot, right there. Um, but I mean, going like, let's rewind that real quick. Uh, look at the size of this hole in the back end of the secondary. Um, you know, this is easy, easy pitch and catch. Fat balls delivered a little bit better. Boot might run for a very long time. Um, so, Again, you know, zone, but man on the outside. Uh, Kentucky can be gashed in the run game. They're, you know, they're not great on the front. They get moved around by opposing offensive lines a good bit. Uh, one thing that really stands out on tape, uh, I think the Auburn front that Georgia faced last week was better, especially with Kentucky missing two starters on Saturday. But uh, they struggle to stop the run when other teams run off of right tackle and off the right side in general. So Florida had eight yards per an attempt on four carries uh, off the right side. And, you know, you see here another another good explosive run on the right side. Pretty easy stuff. Uh, guys are getting matched up one-on-one. -on -one. Lots of, you know, I, I saw Florida had some success pulling the left tackle and the left guard around to the right side. Uh, look for Georgia to do that. We've been seeing Georgia do a good bit of that, uh, especially if in a scenario where Broderick Jones lines up at right tackle and Jamari Sawyer is over there at left guard. Um, that could be something Georgia runs, you know, over and over 8, 10, 12 times and just pounds Kentucky into oblivion until they adjust to stop it on that right side. And once they adjust to stop it, there's going to be something else to take advantage of because that's kind of how Todd Monken works. So keep an eye on early attempts off the right tackle if you're Georgia. Um, I'm sure if I've figured this out that Todd Monken and Matt Luke and all those guys and the dozens of analysts they employ are many, many steps ahead of me. <laughs> um, yeah, so here again you see Florida having success off the right side of the line. Seemed like they did well pulling guys around into the hole like we're talking about here. Here comes 77. Boom. 
creating lanes. Um, not, you know, that's not a huge run, but uh, you'll take an eight, nine yard run on first and 10 or second and 10 any day of the week. Um, LSU, they did the same thing. Uh, and that's kind of what makes me feel like this wasn't just a personnel thing between Florida and Kentucky. LSU's offensive line has been absolute dog crap this season. Uh, and they're able to open up, you know, some 30, 40 yard gashers on this Kentucky front seven. Um, I know Stetson Bennett isn't a big guy that Georgia is going to want to run often, uh, especially with kind of some questions around JT Daniels health. Georgia needs to keep him, you know, healthy, but uh, he has some good speed and Kentucky has struggled defending the run with the quarterback um, quarterback draw type stuff. I mean, you see Emory Jones there. I don't know that Stetson busts that kind of between that last hole and turns that from a, a nine or 10 yard gain into a 15 yard gain, but wouldn't shock me to see some QB draw in the red zone. Um, that's kind of where this Kentucky defense seems to do their best work is once they get backed in, in, you know, inside their own 20. Um, it felt like Florida drove down into the red zone over and over and over against this Kentucky defense. And they were only able to, to punch it in a couple times uh, despite, you know, outgaining them by almost 200 yards. So I think Georgia will be looking for creative things to do in the red zone. Um, the Wildcats, like we said, uh, you know, they, they give off a lot off on the right side. It's not to say you can't run off the left side. Um, you know, here you've got, you got Damian Pierce, uh, Florida ran really well on these guys. Truthfully, they probably should have run more than they did. Um, and then you've got, a lot of too high safety looks. Uh, the safeties, they keep too much from getting over the top, but you get man coverage on the outside, a lot of cover two man. Um, and I think that Ladd and Stetson can take advantage of those coverages, particularly with uh, Carrington Valentine. He's the DB that's matched up in coverage on this particular play. He's a guy that looks like he has some issues on tape. Um, we saw some similar routes to – to this on Saturday against Auburn between Stetson and Ladd, uh, just kind of setting up those comebacks. And uh, Valentine, again, you know, he plays with lots of cushion. He'll give you these easy five to seven yarders pretty often. He's again down here at the bottom of the screen, number 14. Um, those are effective plays that move the offense. Doesn't get anyone excited. You know, no booster is going to wa watch that and want to write an extra $100,000 check. But – uh, in between the highlights that you see on SportsCenter, uh, five to seven yard curl routes and, you know, out routes and gains on the sideline, those are the building blocks of a successful, productive offense. It can't just be boom or bust, um, which Georgia hasn't been by any means. So uh, we highlighted earlier that Cedric Dort struggles with missed tackles, carrying that 23.1% missed tackle percentage into this game. Uh, Florida was able to take advantage of that weakness with a touchdown off of a tunnel screen thrown to Dort, the guy that Dort's matched up in on man-to-man -man right here. Uh, that's Dort that that misses the tackle um, coming in there right here. And he's going to whiff. So I would expect to see Georgia try and do some stuff in the screen game. They've been trying to do some of these tunnel screens with Kyrus Jackson. Hasn't been great blocking at times. Hasn't just, you know, Auburn did a good job defending it. You got to get your – you know, put, take your hat off to him. There's also been some times where the blocking could have been better for him. Um, you know, so I expect some of those tunnel screens, like you saw for the touchdown, also expect some of these kind of swing, swing type screens as well. 
um, you know, kind of more instead of the, the tunnel to the inside, uh, moving those bubble screens to the outside. So stop there for a second. Um, one thing I think to remember is just that Florida outgained Kentucky in this game, 382 to 224 in yardage, uh, which is a significant, you know, significant uh, discrepancy between the scoreboard. Um, Kentucky did beat Florida. Uh, I, I know that, you know, lots of us were happy about it if you're a Georgia fan or a Georgia follower. But, um, you know, that that game really was won off of a crazy special teams field goal block return for a touchdown. And uh, Kentucky getting a, a turnover kind of back there down in Florida's own end and having a short field to drive for a touchdown. So Kentucky, the only top 20 defense they've faced is Florida, and they put 224 yards up on the Gators. Will Levis was seven for 17 passing on the Gators. Um, they made plays in other phases of the game to, to win that football game for the, the themselves, but uh, they never were really able to like just drive the field on Florida over the course of four quarters. Um, so how does Georgia win this football game? Right? Like that's the question. That's what you're here for. Uh, so first of all, defending the run, that's where everything starts and stops with Kentucky's offense. Um, be, you know, that, that starts with being gap sound. Uh, we talked about filling those gaps. There's Quay Walker coming in, making sure that, you know, this two yard gain is, is not a big gain. Um, and then defending the, uh, the zone read well and defending using speed to get inside of these Kentucky offensive linemen like Georgia has done against everyone this year. Um, you see Adam Anderson there just kind of sneaking inside the tackle, making a tackle for loss in the backfield. This Kentucky offense is not designed to get off schedule. Um, if, if you put them in second and 13, if you put them in, in third and 11 type situations, they're going to struggle. And uh, especially if, you know, if there's a little bit of a, a lead for Georgia or something like that, you put them in those types of situations and Will Levis might throw you one, it, you know, he might throw you a couple in terms of interceptions. So worth watching there. Um, Dave, you know, again, defending the run, Jordan Davis, uh, Jalen Carter, Devontae Wyatt, let those guys create havoc, let them do what they do. Um, you know, that's there's three of them. They all do a very good job. Um, you know, Kentucky wants to run the ball up the middle. They're going to try, uh, but, you know, it's it's hard to run up the middle with those guys back there. Uh, there's Jordan Davis being an absolute freak of nature, chasing down that running back from behind. Um, so, you know, blow up those guards and centers. And then I think the most important thing is setting edges, right? Um making sure that your, your edge guys, whether that's Nolan Smith, Adam Anderson, Trevon Walker, um, Robert Beal, whoever's playing those edges against the run, that they're not dipping too far inside at the snap. Um, you know, making sure that, that they're really kind of not choosing early on these zone reads and like being able to influence the quarterback or the running back to, to do what they want them to do. Um, so, you know, here you saw Trevon Walker get outside. Uh, he kind of dips inside early there at the snap, but he moves back outside, forces that play from getting around the edge. You got to do that against Kentucky. Otherwise, you're going to let those backs 
get around the edge with a full head of steam. And Georgia's linebackers are very good, but, um, you know, if you can kind of force them back towards the middle of the defense, uh, it's it's going to be more red shirts there to, to tackle the, the white and blue shirts. So, again, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about Kentucky liking to get out on the perimeter, much like Arkansas. So defend the perimeter, tackle on these swings and screens on the edges. Uh, Latavius Brenny has been good at that. Uh, Channing Tindall has been great at that. Watch out for these swing passes. These backs are what this offense is built around. They want to get smoke and Rodriguez the ball. They're going to try and do that through the air in these little swing passes that function as a long handoff. So uh, don't, you know, don't, don't make it easy for them. Um, and then we talked earlier about Levis. They like to roll him out, kind of cut the field in half, cut his reads in half, try to give him advantageous angles. Um, so use your speed on the defensive line to, you know, really kind of disrupt those plans when they try and roll it out. Um, Georgia did that phenomenally against Bo Nix last week. Here you see Trevon Walker. Uh, that's a third down play. He's able to get rid of it. But, you know, against Levis, I can promise you that's a sack. You're not going to see these Houdini acts. Um, he's a good athlete, but he's, you know, Bo Nix is one of the most elusive players in college football. Levis is going to feel like very easy to tackle after playing Bo Nix for four quarters. Um, and then, you know, like we were talking about keeping Kentucky behind the chains and making Levis feel the heat if they decide to do some of these design quarterback runs. Uh, Georgia was great. You know, Jefferson's a baby rhinoceros. Levis, uh, he likes to kind of run in a similar manner, but he's not as big. He's not quite as athletic. He's not as fast. So, um, you know, don't, don't let him be something that he's not. Just, you know, play Georgia football, and I think you're going to have a, an easy time defending him in the quarterback run game. Um, again, zone reads, discipline, don't bite too quick. Force those where you want them to go. Um, and then I think, yeah, we've got another quarterback run here, if I'm not mistaken. Um, or no, this is just uh, this is just Georgia, you know creating problems for, for Auburn and creating sacks. And I think Georgia will have the opportunity to get some pressure on Levis just looking at this Kentucky offensive line. Um, there are some some weak spots there. Uh, I think Georgia can take advantage of Kentucky's guards. Uh, Kenneth Horsey isn't great in run blocking. He is good in pass blocking. Eli Cox isn't great in pass blocking. Uh, he is good in run blocking. So kind of watch those guys on either side of the center, depending on the game situation, because I think Georgia – you know, uh, if, if you're not great or you're not having a great day, uh, Jalen Carter, Devontae Wyatt, Jordan Davis are going to make make you look pretty bad. So on offense, middle of the field throws. Um, Kentucky gives up a lot over the middle. Let these tight ends go out and eat over the middle. Uh, you know, some of these RPO type actions, we saw it a good bit with Stetson on Saturday, um, let Big O get out there, hit these soft spots in the zones and pick on these linebackers. These linebackers are not that good, um, and they're particularly not good in pass coverage. And, you know, they're going to turn their backs just like this Arkansas linebacker did. Lad McConkey is very good with these kind of option routes, finding those little holes in the defense, um, working those little 8, 10, 12, 15, 18-yard gains down the field. Um, and then, you know, 
if Kentucky is going to play you in man coverage on the outside with defensive backs that are not as good as the ones that Auburn fielded last week, and you were able to take advantage of Auburn in man coverage, then work the perimeter versus man coverage against Kentucky, right? So um, it doesn't always have to be bombs to Lab McConkey, but these are those comeback routes we were talking about. Um, you know, this should be kind of easy pitch and catch for Georgia on Saturday. Uh, A.D. Mitchell, put put him in man. He's going to embarrass you. Um, let him do things like that in short yardage when you need it. Um, let him do things like that on the goal line when you need it. And then eventually set up the big ones downfield for, for later on versus man. Uh, if Brock Bowers get ma- gets matched up on one of their linebackers or safeties, it's – it's a big play for Georgia waiting to happen. Um, so I'm sure that that he'll know that. I'm sure Stetson Bennett will know that. I'm sure Todd Mockin will know that. And I'm sure they'll be looking for it. Um, you know, this is Ladd burning Nehemiah Pritchett. Pritchett was kind of the one guy in Auburn secondary that you could look at and say, Georgia can take advantage of that guy. Kentucky's got like three or four of those. So I think you may see more happen in the past game than – then maybe we've come to expect a little bit from this Georgia offense uh, this coming Saturday. Um, and then, you know, I believe this was uh, the play to uh, to Brock Bowers. Oh, no. All right. Um, sorry. So, run game. Um, you know, I think get push, work that right side behind McClendon when you can. Um, you know, really – really kind of punish them up the middle. Again, I don't think their front is anything special. I don't think their defense is as good as the one that Georgia saw last week. Um, so, yeah, uh, but we, you know, we know Kentucky will give up stuff off off the left side of their defensive line, the right side of Georgia's offensive line. So take advantage of that, make them stop it, you know, use these tight ends like they did right here. Uh, let, you know, if, if the wide receivers and tight ends can have a good day blocking, Georgia can probably bust some of the, the most explosive runs that you've seen from them all year. Um, so that's something to, to kind of keep in mind. Um, and then I think also let Stetson Stetson's wheels confuse these linebackers and edge guys. If, if they do start keying on the run a little bit too much, um, keep them honest with, with Bennett's mobility uh you know Monken hasn't overcalled it but he's done a good job of kind of dropping that out there a couple times a week and making it making it difficult on uh on opposing defenses so keep an eye on it um and then for picks uh my guy Josh he's got his little uh net yards per play deal that he does um long story short He's got no underdogs in his adjusted net yard per play top 15. This is his adjusted net yard per play top 15. So Ohio State is edged just slightly ahead of Georgia there. Um, but, you know, he likes Georgia. He likes Florida to cover against LSU, uh, so on and so forth. You guys have eyes you can read. So I'll let you read the, less, the rest of those. And then moving forward to my picks. Um, again, just for the record, these are presented by our friends at odds jam. Um, last week we were able to go, uh, eight and four could have been 10 and two if we hadn't had some bad luck late in the day, but 
Um, 46, 25, and one on the season against the spread. It's good. We'll take it. We're happy. We're going to keep pushing forward. Uh, trust the process. You know, these are these are your stone cold locks of the week, so to speak. Um, love Pittsburgh minus five on the road at Virginia Tech. Uh, just in terms of kind of the advanced stats war and some of the some of the things I've seen from Virginia Tech. Uh, I don't think Virginia Tech can score that much against anybody. Uh, I think Pittsburgh can. So I like Pittsburgh to cover the five. Um, Arizona State going on the road to Utah would be a ranking upset, but it wouldn't be a huge point spread upset. Utah, we kind of wrote them off after that BYU loss. BYU ended up being better than we thought. Um, I like them in this spot, plus one. I live uh, not that far from Salt Lake about six hours southeast out here in Durango, Colorado. We're having some cold weather right now. We're kind of having an early taste of winter. Take those boys from the valley up there. They might have a bad time. I am betting that they do. Um, Purdue plus 11 and a half at Iowa. This is just kind of a bounce back play. Uh, I think Iowa, you know, may have gotten pretty high last week. Kind of see if they'll kind of come back down to earth a little bit. Um, I also think that there's some things uh, metrics wise that sort of point to Purdue here a little bit. Um, some of that's from Josh's adjusted net yard per play. Um, Arizona plus six and a half at Colorado. Colorado is awful. Uh, Arizona is not a good football team either, but they have been able to move the football on teams like Oregon. They just have turned the ball over a lot in the red zone. I'm counting on this to be the week they figure it out. I'm on them on the money line plus 205 as well. Uh, Michigan State minus four and a half in Indiana. Somebody might know something I don't know on that because that spread feels way too small, but this may just be also carryover. Uh, you know, Indiana was a preseason top 25 team. I feel like last season kind of changed the perception that people have of Indiana. So we'll see. Um, Nebraska minus three and a half at Minnesota. Uh, you know, I I don't know, man. I, I don't like betting on Nebraska, but uh, – you know, all the, all the things that I follow are kind of pointing in that direction. Um, Cal plus 13 and a half at Oregon. Uh, this feels more like a, an eight to 11 point game to me. So uh, I see value in that extra two and a half to five and a half there. Um, Navy at Memphis minus 10 and a half. I bet this for Thursday night. We'll see what happens. And then I like Georgia minus 22 and a half versus Kentucky. Um, getting into prediction for Georgia, Kentucky. Uh Kind of going through the tape, I don't – this feels a lot like the Arkansas game, but I think Arkansas was more physical up front um, in terms of on, on Arkansas's defensive line than this Kentucky team is. Uh, I also think that Arkansas was better in the secondary. Uh, I think that this game, you know, like if unless Georgia really just kind of shits the bed for lack – you know, Apologies for my language, but it's the best way to say it. Like, unless they do that, uh, I don't see any path to Kentucky really winning this game. I think that if Kentucky scores 10 points, they should feel really good about themselves. Um, I just, I think it's going to be hard for them to score six on this Georgia defense, save for Wandale Robinson, just making a, you know, an impressive individual effort on a play. Uh, you know, they, they just, they don't strike me as a team that's going to be able to just drive the field on this Georgia defense over and over and over, um, you know, and, and go back and look at some of the last meetings between these two teams. Um, 
You know, I think Georgia shut them out two years ago, held them to three points last year. This is a different team. This is a better team. Don't get me wrong, but the it's not that different, I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, and this Georgia defense is one of the best that we've, we've seen in a long time in college football, at least to this point in the season. So I like Georgia to, to win by a, a healthy margin. Um, you know, I, I think that this may be a day for Georgia to work on the run game and that we might not see them really kind of try and try and run the score up or, or put a bunch of stuff on tape. But I do think that they can get some plays through the air. Uh, and while this game is competitive, I think you're going to see, you know, Georgia throw the ball a good bit. Um, earlier in the week, I kind of thought Georgia maybe high 20s to low 30s against this Kentucky uh, defense. I'm thinking more like kind of high 30s to, to low 40s. I think that Will Levis and this Kentucky offense, uh, they lead the SEC in turnovers, as I said earlier. So I see them turn the ball over a couple times. Um, and I see, you know, this game being something in that, like, I'm going to go like 38 to nine, uh, maybe 41 to nine. Uh, nine feels like the amount of points, you know, that feels appropriate for Kentucky in this situation, uh, provided they have a good field goal kicker. I'm not sure that they do. Uh, I failed you there. But uh, I do think special teams is going to be kind of a big thing in this game because I think if Kentucky's able to uh, keep this competitive at all, it's going to be because they're able to get a couple big special teams plays. I don't think they will. Um, I think Georgia rolls. We'll call it We'll call it uh, 41 to 9. And, uh, yeah, that's all I've got for you guys tonight. This has been Dog Sports Live. If you are not, uh, subscribe to us on Apple or Spotify for the podcast version, and that's how you consume us, then please go and do that. If you are not subscribed to us on YouTube and you watch these videos, please go and do that. Um, please follow me on Twitter. Uh, my name is Graham Coffee at Dog Out West. It's written right there on your screen. Uh, go follow Josh. He's my partner. He's awesome. Uh, he's a great statistical follow at Dog, D-A-W-G underscore stats. So, Go check it out. Go check him out. Go check us out. And uh, you can also follow the show Twitter account at dog sports underscore live. Um, this show has been presented by our friends at odds jam. They do a fantastic job. If you are gambling on college sports at all or any sports pro, uh, you know, whatever, if you're gambling on, you know, anything uh, in the sports realm, check them out. Uh, They've got, you know, they've got your lines. They will help you find the line that you want at the price that you want it. Uh, a bet is an investment. Why bet Georgia minus 22 and a half at, you know, at minus 115 when you can get it at minus 109 somewhere else? And uh, they'll help you find out where that somewhere else is. Um, you can get two months for 30% off your first two months with uh, Oz Jam for 30% off with the code Dog Sports Live. That'll take you kind of through the end of uh, the college football regular season and conference championship week. And I promise that you'll be so pleased with it that you will still be using it come bowl season. So go check them out. Code Dog Sports Live, OddsJam.com. Uh, my name is Graham Coffey. Thank you guys for joining us. Have a good weekend. And Enjoy the game on Saturday.